Hello, I'm Derova, and welcome to the 12th episode of Not the Wikipedia Weekly. And we have several Wikipedians with us. Uh, would you mind uh, saying your name and where you're from when I call you out? I'll try to do this in alphabetical order. I'm from San Diego, and we have Allison here. Hi, um, I'm Allison. I live in um, California, but I'm originally from Ireland. And Phil? Hi, I'm Phil. I'm from uh, the nation's capital. And Martin? I'm Martin, uh, and I'm from the Netherlands. I apologize about that, Martin. Okay. And, and he is from England, I believe. And we have zero. Hey, guys. I'm from Brisbane, Australia. Oh, well, thank you. I'm very glad you could make it. It must be uh, fairly late at night for you. No, it's six in the morning for me. Very early morning. I just okay. woke up. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you for coming on. And, and um, one of the things that we've been talking about uh, since our last recording, which happened yesterday... Um, is an issue that we need to be more clear about here at Not the Wikipedia Weekly, which is uh, banned users. Um, they have come on sometimes at the invitation of a host, and uh, yesterday a couple of them um, came along and said, hey, could we? you have us? And that surprised us. We hadn't really thought about what to do if uh, if we hadn't set up and planned for that in the advance. So, uh, Phil, you were here, and Sunderland, I think you were here too. Would you like to uh, talk about it? Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden I realized that we have to be a little more cautious, especially given the vulnerabilities that Skype and some of these voice over IP programs have with people that may have a grudge against us in one way or another. And as much as I like the idea of open dialogue, this is mainly open dialogue, I think, for Wikipedia members in good standing. Others can come in if invited, but mainly um, for, for Wikipedia itself. So it got me thinking about it. And, uh, yeah, go ahead. Um, so let me bring in Steve Croson. He just joined us. And I'm going to bring a new person in. This might take just a moment. Um. Yeah, I, I did write some hints. I moved the warning about, which we did have on the page already, the warning about Skype not being completely safe. We did move it up a little higher on the page, and I did put some hints about uh, not accepting calls from people you don't know, being very cautious, when somebody new pops up and wants to, uh, you to add them to their contact list, uh, try to figure out who they are. Um, and if, if you don't get a satisfactory answer, remove them from your contact list and block them. This is uh, ringing into Steve, and unfortunately he can't join us. So can you explain a little bit more, Phil, about the security concerns with Skype? Well, having been on Skype for over two years, I've seen... Uh, people that are really, really expert hackers able to um, throw a host out of a conference call or a host out of a out of a Skype cast. I've seen them be able to take over the Skype cast. I've seen them be able to boot people at will. I've seen them be able to put malware on people's machines. 
um, and worse. So it, and some of these people that I've seen, I'm not saying that our people that mean us ill are quite this sophisticated, but some people out there are very, very sophisticated in producing attacks. So one thing I was wondering about, I don't know if this would be too clumsy to do, is from this, the, the, um, not the Wikipedia Weekly page, send people to a vestibule and before they actually get into the real chat window and then they have to, to prove their bona fides by, you know, sending an email to somebody verifying that they're on Skype with this name and so on. And, uh, just, just to, to try to make sure we don't have somebody show up in a, in a conference call or a Skype cast and be disruptive or put malware on people's machines. Right, right. That's that's definitely a concern. Does anyone else have uh, have ideas about that? Yeah, my primary concern is that um, you know somebody could snarf your IP address very easily, mm. and in doing so, have a fair idea as to where you are. Right. That's that's definitely true. There are. Um, I won't say too much here while we're being recorded, but we can talk later. <laughs> Beans. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, it it is an environment where you need to exercise some discretion. What we had guests who had been site banned from Wikipedia, and um, in those previous two times uh, the host once it was with private musings another time it was with me had set this up in advance and pretty much everybody who came in knew what they were um, what they were bringing on you know knew what uh, sort of environment they were walking into and were doing that voluntarily and uh, what happened yesterday and we had intended to announce this a little bit sooner I had been at a conference for a couple of days and you know, I, I emailed one of the other hosts, and, you know, once in a while things just get lost in an inbox. Um, so we had, we wound up announcing the, uh, the thing very, very shortly before it happened, just a couple of hours beforehand. And then a couple of minutes before we began recording, uh, two people came along and they wanted to join us. And uh, I pretty much had to make a decision on the fly of what to do. And um, there were some some hurt feelings and some history. Uh, Phil had uh, a long history with one of them that was, you know, not, that that was, how should you say it, oil and water? Yeah, it wasn't and, the most pleasant. <laughs> yeah, and, and the other was somebody who had had a long history of, with me, again, oil and water. And at a peak hour for Skype and that the individual who could interact with me since I was I was hosting that was an issue um, I, I brought him into the text chat and I brought him into a, a separate private chat with myself but I didn't bring him into um, the live conference call. We couldn't host it as a, a Skype cast. That was not something that we had the ability to do with that much traffic on the servers at the time. And so um, he participated in the text level, and he had a couple of actually very intelligent questions that I read off. And I, you know, I muted and I taped back a summary of the reply from our guest. 
and that actually worked out fairly well. But the other individual that I just, you know, I, I couldn't see a way to bring him in because um, we just had not succeeded in the past of, you know, having cordial conversations. And uh, he, I, he was understandably resentful because we hadn't um, defined the kind of situation that was occurring in advance. And able to work something out. Anyway, moving along, um, in other things that we were, uh, we've discussed for uh, topic today, articles for deletion and deletion review. Who would like to start that off? Martine uh, or Martine, was this your question? Well, I was talking about it earlier, and uh, there was uh, one specific. Uh, debate I was talking about and that was the debate about uh, Giovanni Di Stefano um, that's got a fair bit bit of attention uh, with um, Jimbo himself uh, commenting on the um, in the deletion discussion um, there was um, a quite an issue about this as um, this individual is a, is a, a European lawyer and he wanted his uh, article gone from Wikipedia. Um, that was something that uh, people weren't really happy about. Uh, the, the discussion itself was closed, uh, I believe, yesterday. And it was closed as a, as a keep. It was actually an overwhelming consensus, but there was still a lot of people who believed that deletion, or at least stubbing it down to, to a really bland uh, um, article would have been the better choice and a lot of, lot of people expected it to uh, to go to deletion review uh, which it hasn't for now so it, it was a really a highly anticipated topic that turned out to be not such a big deal after all but there are still a lot of mixed uh, mixed opinions about it um, I do believe we should uh, should keep the article um, uh, Individual users shouldn't, uh, individual editors shouldn't be worried about uh, uh, what they add and the legal consequences, even if they are, uh, in fact, personally responsible for it. Uh, that is something that uh, uh, the Wikimedia Foundation and uh, you know, uh, WP Office should settle for us. Um, Office was aware of the situation and they didn't step in. So, uh, in my opinion, um, all contributors and editors should be completely free to to edit the article, uh, which which is what the outcome was. So I don't really have that much more to say about it, but I do believe that Phil has uh, quite a different opinion on it. Phil, uh, go ahead. Well, um, I I guess I'm I'm just a little cautious. I mean, I understand wanting to keep them in there, but. I think the standards for what is defamation are different in different places in Italy, in the UK, and the US. I mean, I gather, not that I looked into it too deeply, but I gather there are a number of, of articles in British papers which have very negative information about this, this um, gentleman in them. And we reference them and have at various times even included quotes from them and text from information from these British articles. 
But I think the standards for defamation are different in different countries, and so maybe what you could get away with in the UK, you might not be so might not be so easy to get away with in some other place, like uh, the US. Now, from what I understand, uh, the Wikimedia Foundation servers are located in Florida, so it's actually United States, Florida law that uh, would apply. Is, is that correct? Does anybody uh, know enough to, to be able to comment on that? I think it's true, although they might be moving the servers to California. Right, right. I, I mean, there have been concerns about the differences in British defamation law versus American defamation law. And uh, there's some, some background in regard to that particular biography, um, partly um, whether if, let's see here, um, if certain kind of court decisions happen in in the United Kingdom, I correct me if, if uh, anybody knows this better than me, but my understanding is that uh, um, sometimes even something that's been published. Oh, yes, Alison, by all means. Um, I think um, my primary concern is that um, using references that may, you know, apply to a different jurisdiction um, because we're primarily concerned with U.S. and Florida law regarding what defamation is. Um, there is a possibility that we can go over that line by using a source and publishing or republishing a source that may be defamation in that in that um, jurisdiction but not in another. I think that's 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 one point. Um, the second thing is that people who are editing um, are obviously and probably shouldn't necessarily be aware of the jurisdiction that Wikipedia as an organization works under. And I think the third point is that um, Office wouldn't necessarily want to get involved because they're basically, you know, working under the whole thing about like common carrier that they just provide the storage space and don't have any editorial input because if they start going there, then they get into the area of having a legal liability there. So they kind of defer to the community. There, I, I think I can stay, say one thing um, in, in regard to one of your point about um, under United States law, republishers of potentially defamatory information. There was a decision uh, called the Barrett v. Rosenthal decision that actually is offers broad protection, um, and you know that was based on a, a fairly new law at the time uh, for republishers active on Wikipedia. Um, she was not so successful in the uh, arbitration case, but I wound up becoming you know, somewhat familiar with this. Right. Isn't there a distinction between um, using a primary source that may be defamatory and saying that um, Joe Schmo did um, XYZ rather than saying um, in the Daily Journal it was reported that Joe Schmo said XYZ and that people need to be careful as to how it's formulated to take advantage of that particular legal precedent. Right. It's very important to say if you're if you're repeating something that was in another source, it's very important to specify the source and to create an inline citation for that. I mean we're not I don't think any of us are lawyers, so this is not legal advice. Please double check with somebody who, who is a lawyer. Yeah, Gina, yeah, Giovanni Stefano is a lawyer. 
that and he's a he's been a very prominent one. This is not exactly someone that you would want to uh, play fast and loose with the law on. Exactly. Um, yeah. Also, there's another aspect I'd maybe like to bring up. I tend to be a proponent of the the whole opt out um, proposed policy suggestion thing, where um, a subject of a, bi- a biography could contact um, either the foundation or OTRS, verify their um, identity and opt out of biographies. You know, I could see that all the controversial ones uh, would, would rapidly disappear as the subjects get in contact. But that might be something that we should consider. After well, all, I mean, our primary concern is not to do harm to people, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, I, you, you may be familiar with uh, I'm, my position on that is fairly well known. I, I offer to nominate our biography articles for deletion at the subject's request on, on pretty generous terms. Right. The, the question is, you know, where do we draw the line with where we don't offer that anymore? I mean, if Donald Rumsfeld came along and said, I don't like the press I've been getting, um, can you really cover uh, the, the George W. Bush administration um, or the the last you know several years of history without yeah. ever mentioning his name. It would get to, it's tend to go to the ludicrous, you know, where where person person Y whose name we shall not mention said, you know, that's a fair point, but more to the point maybe it's their their specific biography rather than, you know, related incidents. Like for the example you give, um, Donald Rumsfeld. I mean, you could get rid of his, his BLP without necessarily getting rid of his input into other people's stuff. Because I think the primary concern is um, when people do like Google searches and stuff like that on a person's name, Wikipedia is top of the list largely. Oh, yes. And what happens is that if there's anything defamatory in there, or if, um, you know, like WP on Dew, if it becomes like a coat rack for all sorts of dreadful things where a person has had like one or two transgressions over a large and rather notable career, and the the biographic the biographical article, while correct and sourced, um, puts too much weight on it, and it becomes, you know, a hatchet job. Would Would somebody like to explain the WPN do in case we have a listener who's not familiar with the abbreviations for our policies? Um, you, okay. Go ahead. WPN do is usually invoked if somebody's um, placing undue weight upon um, a subject within an article, usually a BLP article where it's, you know, it's starting to become the focus where it shouldn't be. And it's the, the neutrality of it becomes lost in the fact that you're focusing on something that is correct and can be um, described in neutral terms, but it's being overdone. Right. I think that's about it, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. That, that's like, you know, if, um, if something's true, but it's a minor fact in somebody's life, and it turns out being three quarters of the article. Right. Yeah, it gets overinflated, and, yeah. it, and actually, it can be done maliciously. Oh yes. Oh yes. You know, that I, needs to be that needs to be addressed. I've I've been pretty active on some contentious biographies of living people where that has been happening, and where the coat rack thing has been happening, um, and it's very frustrating for them, especially when, uh, you know, they they're they want employment and whatever and if somebody looks them up this is the first thing they see right yeah which is you know it's a it's probably a good reason for the you know the proposed opt-out solution where the subject could get on and say look at you know this is 
this isn't on, I consider it undue. And you know, the person could say, look, I don't even want to get into a debate here. Just make it go. And really, they should, you know, they should be allowed to I, I under, think that, under, you know, within reason. The way that, right. The way that I've seen the debate go on site, there's there's some people who think that the subject's opinion shouldn't have any weight at all. And there's some who, who say, well, yes, up to a point. But, you know, there's a great deal of, of debate on where to draw that line. Zero, you had some comments about this? Uh, not really. <laughs> okay. Well, um, we had another thing, and, and this was another one that, that you suggested, Allison, about check user. Would you like to explain the debate on that? Um, I just happened to notice earlier today there's a, a rather quiet um, debate regarding check user going on on Wikipedia talk request for adminship. And I know this came up in the past um, when, when Major Lee suggested it back in January. Mm-hmm. Um, there's discussion about um, whether on the English Wikipedia that the position of check user um, should be opened to um, community approval as opposed to coming from on high from, from ARBCOM. And there's a lot of debate going on about that right now. And I just really want to bring it up to, you know, see what people's opinions are. Now, you are a check user. Yes. And uh, would you explain for us what a check user does? Um, well, basically, um, a check user um, has access to um, information that would be considered um, of a private nature, um, usually to do with, like, IP addresses, um, dates and times of editing, and who's using what IP address, and some other information. So, um, in a nutshell, could I summarize, like, if somebody's uh, registering and using their username, uh, you could see the underlying IP address, basically. Correct. And if somebody is registering your usernames from the CIP, same IP address, you could see that, too. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So it's a, it's a socking tool, prim- well, primarily, but it does give information on a person's location. Um, it's a matter of privacy, and users can be identified to, um, to office so that their, their full legal identity is known to, to office. Do check users have to be of uh, legal, you know, adult age? Yes, yes. I think it says in the policy 18 right now. Okay. And um, what's your feeling on this since, you, since you've been on both sides of the fence, you're a check user? I'm in an awkward position in that I'm one of four um, check users that are currently um, not arbitrators or, not, or haven't been um, are members of office. So people are asking the question right now, um, why are they there? And how is it that the community, from a trust point of view, the community didn't have any input into that? I think that's a very fair point. Um, and somebody um, already brought up the point that being on one side of the fence and on the other side of the fence, people tend to have views. Um, if, um, if they're already appointed, then there's a bias that says, well, no, no, it should be closed down and it should only just come from our come. Whereas people who have not been would rather see it open to the community. Um, my personal opinion on it is that it should be open, more open to the community, um, that someone could be appointed sooner to a bureaucrat, but that arbitrary community would have 
sort of put into it and at least have the final say in it. But right now, there isn't really a mechanism for um, somebody to obtain, you know, check user um, operation. So the debate is something that's starting to to to, to heat up, but it's been ongoing for quite some time, and it's going to be interesting. Does anybody here have an opinion on that? I don't really. Well, um, I, I I think there are things we could do to improve um, check user, but I don't. I'm not really too sure that that changing how we select them is going to be a big difference. Uh, Martin, you you were stressed. Um, yeah, I was. Um, there is at the moment uh, something that is perceived to be a probably smaller group, and that is some. Hey, welcome back. We are now continuing with the Wik- uh, not the Wikipedia Weekly. I mean, you know, even if you're you're technically hosting the call, the the listeners won't know that. Okay, um, sir. So you have an opinion on back user by vote idea. Yeah. Okay, well, um, do we have a little bit more to say? We just lost Dorova. I'll try to re-add her. Allison, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, Allison, what were you saying about voting for check user and what check user does and so on? Well, just up, it's currently a discussion on in Wikipedia talk request for admission um, where people are suggesting that the check user um, appointment process be um, open to the community um, to decide rather than having it coming from above from the arbitration committee. And I was just curious what people's opinions are on that and that we could probably have a discussion on it um, to get an idea of where people stand on it. Personally, I think it's it's possible and I wouldn't be averse to it. Yeah. So how long have you been a check user? About six months. And do you like it or would you just... Just uh, enough hassle. You'd rather not deal with it, or do I like it? It's 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 a task, you know. It's useful, um, but dealing with um, convoluted check user cases like drop, um, where you could like have hundreds of sleeper socks, like yesterday, for example, that's just drudgery. So 99% of check user work is drudgery. Hi, thank you for bringing me back. Yeah, if we were just hearing from uh, Allison about how 99% of check user work is drudgery. Uh-huh. Hey, could you bring 769 in? He just came over. Okay, sure. And is Zero back at the computer? Zero? I don't see him. Is everyone ready? Well, we wanted to bring uh, 769 and see if we can bring Sunderland 06 and Steve back in. Okay, so, uh, hi Steve, and and we're trying to bring in Seddon and Sunderland. Set I can just about hear you, but you're breaking up a lot. Uh, yeah, you're, you're breaking up for me as well, by the way. Really? Yeah, I think Darova's connection isn't quite as good as it is normally. And try to bring me right back, I might get a uh, better connection then. Okay. Hi there, is this better? Uh, for the second. Much better. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yes. Thank you, Seddon. Um, Just to fill you in on uh, what we've been talking about here, we're in the middle of a a Skype cast, which kind of got broken up by the fact that Skype is very, very... It's a conference call, actually. Yep. It's just a regular conference call. The discussion is uh, whether we should do check user by vote. I think we're ready for that, Phil. We can pick up where we left off. We'll try... Okay, I'm I'm trying. You're just cutting out on us a little bit. Anyway, so should I take over? I think um, actually, I'm having some trouble with the audio. 
Yes, it is breaking up a lot. You can hear me, I presume, right? Yeah, Darov is a little Still. choppy. Well, well, Phil, then why don't you go ahead? Okay, you you type Darov and I'll read it. And uh, but anyway, so yes, a lot of work um, for Allison um, when she, when she's trying to do her te- check user tasks. And um, you know, I'm kind of interested in the idea of of actually trying to produce different or better types of software for check user that's uh, fooled less often. So that part is interesting to me. The actual task of running it doesn't seem that much fun to me at all. It seems kind of horrible. Yeah, it's boring. Yes, I'm sure it is. And it's just a, a constant stream of socks. I mean, some people with dozens and hundreds of them, and just they keep pounding away. They, they get obsessed on some crazy issue. I'm already recording Derova. Yes, I am. Yeah, you've just been in and out so much you missed a lot of it, I'm afraid. Um, I think I better repeat what I, my thoughts on of community voting on check user. Um, I think it's kind of a sensitive issue since it's all about identity, right? Because um, check user is about checking the identity of real life people, and leaving the voting of check user ability to the people anonymously doesn't really uh, feel right, I guess, because um. Right now, it's being chosen by the arbitration committee members, and I think the identity of all of them are known in real life. And, yeah. Thoughts? I think it is sensitive, but somebody's got to do it. Well, somebody obviously uh, got to do it. Um, The problem, though, is uh, what we're discussing at the moment is how we appoint the people who who do it. And I do agree with Ciro that... um, uh, uh, letting it come from above, from uh, from ARPCOM, is is in fact the better option. And as long as ARPCOM can maintain uh, the the uh, the appointments and uh, they are not swamped by um, uh, the the amount of requests and the amount of work to do uh, to uh, check the background of the u- users and see if they are suitable, um, I don't see any real reason why we should uh, change the process uh, for that. Um, I think um, a lot of points people are making is that while ARPCOM is appointed by the people, um, it would be more democratic if um, if Czech users were, um, and also if the community was informed um, that like the process was, on, was going ahead, because, and I have to say this is the case, that um, Czech users tend to just get plopped into the community overnight and it's a big shock for some people and uh, a lot of people are of the opinion that it's too much in the back cupboard that all this stuff is going on and even the process of applying isn't really that clear so people want to to open it up more for a point of openness and transparency rather than um, I could be wrong rather than necessarily who's currently appointed well, then the I mean, issue is um, more one of of transparency than than it is of appointments and who does the actual appointing. Uh, I can see the issue of uh, transparency, and uh, I, I I do uh, strongly believe that uh, uh, all processes in Wikipedia should be transparent, uh, but it doesn't mean that they all should be uh, uh, driven from from an editor's uh, point of view, and that the editors and the community uh, do have the final say in everything. Um, that would, uh, in my opinion, in fact, be the ideal situation. 
um, where where every editor is involved, but there is no process where uh, uh, we can eff uh, effectively um, uh, bolster the um, the consensus and and the community to see what the general consensus is. And in this case, we we can get a rough idea of what a what a consensus is. That's the same thing we do with. Uh, um, uh, request for admission and request for uh, bureaucratship, um, and but that's that is a, a rough idea of a consensus, and there will never be any sign of a true consensus apart from from a, a small group of core editors. Um, well, I, I call them core editors, but it's yeah, you could call it the the cabal, you could call it uh, uh, established users, and those are the ones that that make decisions. Uh, the uh, at least the decisions for admission right now um, that's not a community consensus and uh, nor is uh, um, appointment from ARPCOM um, but I don't see that as necessarily worse um, the thing that people are bothered about is the lack of transparency well we should do something about that and uh, we should we should give more uh, uh, insight in the in the process uh, who is being considered who is being appointed but that doesn't mean that we have to uh, we have to change the process itself if I'm making any sense yes I understand um, so mm, well I think Steve in text chat is bringing up an interesting point is that um, people might be losing face in ARBCOM right um, I think that's probably partly true because a fair amount of stuff is done behind the curtains for them. So, and because of the whole concept of transparency in Wikipedia, people don't really believe in it or trust Arbcom that much. Just speaking my thoughts here. Yes, oh, ma'am. Can people hear me? Yes. Oh, good. We were having trouble with my comms for a while. Uh, transparency is is a very good thing. Sometimes when it comes to uh, an individual's discretion or an individual's history or whether there are concerns about them, this would be the sort of information committee because uh, uh, it, it would not be policy compliant to post things on site. And I mean, uh, the system. Are you breaking yeah, up? I'm for afraid me, we're Europa. losing about half of what you're saying. Oh. Yeah. Well, uh, I on that point about losing confidence in ARBCOM, there may be there may be some who are doing it. Um, I would just caution everybody to 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 try to not fly off the handle. Let's move slowly and deliberately and rationally here. Let's not do anything crazy and upset the apple cart. Can I can I just sort of say a point? Um, perhaps uh, I mean we're talking about transparency here, so perhaps what we should be having is you know the this, the the fact that Arbcom has been appointing check users doesn't seem to have really caused a huge problem. If it's the transparency that is what we're we're looking at, then perhaps what we need to have is um is having a having a process and someone can apply for the process and we can leave the ARBCOM members decide on whether the person but instead you know at least have the community see the understanding behind the arbitration committee's decisions and if it's if that seems to work then that's fine you don't need to 
you know, be completely and utterly drastic and go, you know, all the way towards having the community decide because, you know, the the, the community is already, you know, people are starting to lose faith in, you know, in all various processes. So, you know, let's just sort of take it one step at a time with, with this and let's just, let's see what the ARBCOM is thinking and let's see what their their thought processes are behind making certain users check users. And by having um, a process just so that ARBCOM say, okay, I, I would like to make the person a check user because blah, 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 blah. Or alternatively, if someone isn't a check user then, or doesn't get made a check user, then you know the, the community should ha has a right to know the check user. My point. That's my feeling. Yeah, Dorova. Ha Dorova has a comment or two. Let's see what Dorova said. Okay, Dorova said, um, "I'm concerned about the fact that um, some concern is about an editor's identity would be shared to the committee and not to the community." For instance, the privacy policy prevents an editor's identity from just being disclosed online. If someone definitely proves that an editor is a real person who has a criminal record for, say, embezzlement, they get an indefinite block for posting that fact on site. But um, they could submit that to ARBCOM. I'm very concerned about dishonest people gaming the privacy policy and the community's good faith. I think that's a very good point, actually. Well, I do think it's a good point, but I don't see it as a deal-breaking point. Uh, ARPCOM could, for example, say uh, that um, a person is rejected uh, for what they have found out uh, about uh, who they have uh, uh, that that an editor is, uh, has disclosed their real identity, and because of concerns about that, uh, they have decided not to uh, appoint them. Um, that's clear enough, uh, but it's not an outing. They don't out their, their, their personal details. They don't say what exactly is wrong, so there is no, no exact uh, judging. And, um, well, in the end, uh, uh, it is a, a person applying to, uh, um, for, for check user. And if they have a, a criminal record, they are probably aware of that, and they are probably aware that ARPCOM might find out about it, and that they will have to uh, present a, a rationale for uh, not uh, not granting them um, uh, those rights. So I don't think that's that's too big of a deal. Any maybe, maybe uh, I don't know. Um, another thing that that I'm going to add Drova back here. Another thing she wanted to bring up was the lamest edits. Maybe we moved on to that. Let's see if I can add Drova back. Yeah, Drova, are you with us? I think we've pretty much exhausted that yes, topic. Okay, so you wanted to talk about the lamest edit wars, didn't you? I, I add things to that from time to time. Uh, really lame edit wars myself, and I think having a little bit of not taking your... Uh, it might be best if you... It's quite choppy. It might be best if you Cute. typed it. That way I could read it about the lamest edit wars. I did see... You were in this lame edit war whether Gray Scroll be spelled with an G R E A G R E Y or G R A Y. And that was a big edit war. Yeah, we're a little unstable today. There's always a lot of debates about British. Yes, there are. And being from Canada originally, 
Of course, we sometimes use British spellings and sometimes use American, so it gets quite confusing. It's the same here in Australia as well. We sometimes change it a little, mix it all up. <laughs> yeah, I was just, just about to say, um, just with what Alison said, I think as far as I know, the policy is that if, for example, it is a British article, then you should go with um, British spelling. Uh, and if it is anywhere else that doesn't specifically use British spelling, then you should stick with the American spelling. Am I right on that? Um, as I understand this, that, um, I know this applies to Irish articles too. Um, if the subject is specifically like um, British English related, like, for example, um, Britain, Ireland, Canada, um, then it's OK to use um, so-called British English. Um, if it's anything else, I understand that it can be arbitrary, but it's not proper to switch between both, stick with one or the other. I don't think it actually says you must use American English. I think there's something about it being arbitrary, but, you know, okay, it shouldn't so be, Darova it shouldn't says be actually whoever gets the article started first establishes the spelling know, unless so. the topic itself pertains to a particular country. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly. actually part of the manual style as well somewhere. Yes. And remember, though, that there's actually localizations to the manual style so that there is WPMOS and then there's like an Irish one as well, MOS Ireland. So if it's in the manual style, it might not be in the local one, just to yes. bear that in mind. And then another argument for why it should and be AY squirrel is it's an American species. And so therefore it's spelled G-R-A-Y as an American species. So, Okay. Um, let me see. What other topics did we want to discuss today, aside from the lamest edit war? That's a WP lame, actually. Let's see. Oh, yes, we have a QST here as well. Let's see if we bring QST. QST, are you there? He doesn't have a microphone. Well, oh, well. He doesn't have no microphone. Yeah, let's see. Any other topics uh, people wanted to discuss for this week? I'm looking at the going to look at the list of suggestions. I know we had quite a list, so let's see. Ooh, um, well, well, the one that, that I'd like to bring up is, is the whole um, banned users at uh, not the Wikipedia Weekly. I know that it's kind of become uh, it was the, the, the sort of the, the one thing that got people listening to, to us um, by the, the, the large numbers. Um, I, I think that it's, it's an interesting um, it's an interesting thing because obviously it's something that I would personally like to do is, you know, um, eventually to, is to have a, a Skype cast of um, people who have never edited Wikipedia, people who aren't involved in Wikipedia, to get um, a view of Wikipedia. Um, and, and so, I, in my opinion, it, it's no different to having um, a band user because obviously everyone has a view on Wikipedia, everyone does. Um, even if they don't know about it, then they, they simply their view is that you know they they don't know that much about it. Um, I, I think that Wikipedia um, Wikipedia you know should be um, allowed to receive criticism from from whatever user, whether they are banned or whether Arbcom. Everyone's view is welcome. If their view is not accepted then that's a different thing. But as so long as they are civil in the way that they put forward their view, then I see no reason why they shouldn't be allowed to 
to come on. Yeah, we did discuss that just a little bit um, when you came on. I don't know if you were here yesterday when we had two uninvited band users try to join our Skype cast, which was a special one uh, where we had somebody from the Associated Press here. And the part of the problem is there's a certain amount of oh, yes, vulnerability, sir. security vulnerability of Skype. And some of these banned users actually have been involved in malware projects or frequent places where other people are involved in malware projects. So it does give one a certain amount of pause at how safe that is. Um, but it's it's certainly worth something to think about, and it would be nice to have some kind of a formal, uh, well-thought-out policy. We could deal with it. Okay, here's another issue somebody wanted to know about. Um Opt-in advertising. What are your objections? What are the problems of it? And what are the fears of expansion? What do all of you think about opt-in advertising? Well, I for one do think it's an excellent idea. Um, in in most uh, in North America, it is um, well fairly common um, that you do have a credit card. In in some countries in Europe, it's not that uh, that common. Uh, I live in uh, the Netherlands, for example, which is one of the countries where credit cards are, are very, very rarely used. Um, donating to Wikipedia for for me is very difficult. Uh, apart from being skinned, I'm. Um, it's also technically fairly difficult for me to to make a donation. Um, Opt-in advertising is something that I would do um, uh, without uh, thinking twice about it. I would just turn it turn it on, and Wikipedia would make some money uh, for it. Uh, it's something I would choose that I would do, and I can't really see the objection to it. Uh, I can't see a fear for expansion, um, but there is such a big... Uh, um, uh, aversion against advertising on Wikipedia that uh, although I can understand the fear, I don't think okay, it is Okay, very good. Alison, what do you think about opt-in advertising? Um, personally, um, I don't like it. In uh, Well, for, for the reason our world is just like full of advertising as it is, there's far too much of it everywhere. Um, the problem with opt-out is, you know, I hate to bring up the slippery slope, but it's probably the thin end of the wedge, the wedge when it comes to advertising. Um, if opt-in works and people like it, it's not that hard to make it opt-out or better still mandatory. And once we head down that path of advertising, you know, where does it stop? You know, it's just okay, my fear. Fair enough. Zero. Um, Do you have any input? Sudden. Dorova says she agrees with Alison. Um. Well, I think people don't really like advertising in general on the internet, but having it opt-in is a pretty good idea. Um, but I don't think many people would opt-in. But it having the option are, there is. Are a you afraid good that it'll idea. become mandatory? Uh, go ahead, Sen. Um Personally, uh, I, I, th I think you know every every process on Wikipedia, every arbitrary value, you know, that th there is always going to be. Um, a line that will have to be drawn by the community and it is down to the community to draw that line. If the community says that um, Wikipedia should have opt-in advertising then okay that, that's fine, the, the community has decided that. So long as the foundation don't um, 
enforce anything and it's a community decision and that there is a clear consensus we're not talking about you know um 55% 60% you know we we need to be having you know very high values of that something like this you know happens on wikipedia if there is a large community consensus for opt-in advertising then let it happen if there isn't a community consensus of a similar scale for um permanent advertising then you know simply it just shouldn't happen it is down to the community to decide this and if the community as a whole wants something to happen then it will and if it doesn't then you know that the, the um that the foundation should respect them. Okay, Dorova also has as long a statement. As they do, I like don't see a problem. The downside Ed, is editors resent working for free when someone else is making a profit off their labor. One of the reasons people have been so generous with their time and labor is because they know nobody else is getting rich off their generosity. That's not the full statement. Yes, I guess there's a little bit more that came earlier. Um she also says, once you let in a little advertising, an organization becomes dependent upon it, and there's a lot of pressure to get more. And so that pretty much sums sums that up. Now, one final thing we probably have time for is um, the question is, cabals, are they useful? What do you think? What do you think about cabals? There is no such thing, okay? Any other there opinions? There is no cabal. Okay. Everyone is in a cabal. Everyone's in one. They just don't know they're in one. Uh, Alison, what do you think? Uh, I don't think... I don't tend to associate myself with any groups at all, to be honest. Um, Cabals? Nah. I think there are... Well, yeah. I mean, there are probably probably a lot of them. But are they useful? Probably not, to be honest. You know... Um, I mean, I think that, you know, cabals have kind of got, um, you know, a, a very, um, I don't know, a bad publicity on Wikipedia. I mean, in a, in a sense, you could probably say that um, a wiki project is a cabal of some sort. It is a group of editors. They tend to have a single purpose, which is to improve the articles, you know, in 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 one subject. Um and you can make a cabal out of anyone and anything. I mean, I, I think Durova was was apparently made part of um, some Jewish cabal, which she didn't know about. Um, you know, if you want there to be a cabal, you can decide for there to be one, and if you don't, it doesn't exist. So, is it fair to say that the line should be drawn where it becomes useful to articles versus where it becomes social engineering? In other words. Um, yes, there are wiki projects to, um, like I'm in one, to do with Irish shipping and, and seafaring. Very exciting. Um, but such groupings shouldn't be used to influence policy in, you know, in, in producing a bias. Um, attacking articles or owning articles um, yeah. are, are using, you know, the, are using cabals for um, social manipulation, you know, ganging up on people. Um, ganging up on letters or sinking RFAs and things like that that's not good yeah. we don't need no that. I mean it, it's not good but I mean it, it is it, it is an everyday occurrence on Wikipedia somewhere you know on one article or another um, there, there will probably be a group of editors who are trying to you know force their point of view on um, on an, one single editor or maybe even a few editors 
so long as that it is um, not um, harmful to the project or to any single person. Um, yes. Yes. You know, there is no there is no uh, wrong in Cabal's existence so long as it isn't harmful. Once it becomes harmful to either the project or to an editor, then that is where the line should be drawn. Yeah, the problem with that is um, people can't decide what harmful means, mm. you know. Which so, is um, um, a really good point. Um, the, the the problem I have with, with Cabal's is that... Um, one of you guys, I don't quite remember who it was, um, said that everyone is in a cabal, they just don't know it. And that sounds a bit silly, but there might be more truth to it to that uh, than, than it sounds on, on, on first sight. Um, when you are with a group of people and you're working frequently with those people, uh, you get a feeling that you know those people and that you might want to protect those people. Well, say one of those people does something bad. One of your, your uh, uh, Irish shipping, uh, uh, a, wiki, a wiki project people does something that might be on the line, borderline, good, bad, and you're not quite sure. And they, um, there is some discussion about it. Then you will be naturally... Um, inclined to to uh, either support that that person or not attack that person um, as opposed to uh, when you would not know that person so there there are certainly small social groups forming that could be described as cabals without their members actually realizing they are in a cabal and that they have formed a social bond with people that might affect affect their uh, their okay, uh, judgment, judgment judgment uh, okay, we have room. Just yes. time and for a final word a, here. Here's from Garova. She says, what cabal? Then she sneaks down to her secret crypt underneath Wall Street where she wraps herself in black velvet robes and plots the downfall of civilization. So that's it for this week's uh, Not the Wikipedia Weekly. I don't know whether um, you've seen the, this... this um, um, uh, proposal, which is I, I've only just sort of come across that. It is the Wikipedia Omcom, which is the Ombudsman Committee. I don't know whether this is a serious thing. It seems to be. Um, but from what I can tell, I don't know whether it's a replacement of Arbcom or. Uh, for for what I've heard about it when mm. it was in uh, earlier drafts, I haven't looked into it in quite a while. It would have been a, a commission of, of people that would, uh, without any uh, uh, actual power, would review uh, on request uh, what ARPCOM does and if their finding of fact is correct. Um, there are very many uh, technical problems with that, though. Especially since uh, since uh, evidence can be secret, and there is no way for uh, non-ARPCOM members to review if they have uh, uh, acted correctly on that. Yeah, but uh, I think that's what that was the that's uh, what the idea behind uh, OMCOM um, uh, was about. It looks yeah, like Jackie is ombudsman commission, kind of like a neutral third party. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I, I think, but without the, access to the facts. Yeah, I, th I think that I, I've, I keep repeatedly saying this, um, and that my opinion is that um, 
there is no point in creating additional levels of bureaucracy if the the current levels of bureaucracy aren't working for the community there's no point in creating a reviewer of another reviewer of another reviewer if the, the first two aren't working it just means that um you know that there's always going to be a problem somewhere along the line so in my opinion, it would it would seem to make more sense to get um, the the main um, committees going, the mediation committee, although not so much the meeting, mainly the arbitration committee. It's just to to get them working before just trying to create more and more and more bureaucracy. Otherwise, you know, nothing will ever get done or changed because. Um, it, it just simply adds to the problem rather than solving it. Okay. It was it was nice having you.